Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Welcome today. It is so good to be with you. My name is Bronson and along with my beautiful wife Gabby, we are the location pastors here at Elevation Church Melbourne West. We've been in a uh, collection of talks over the last couple of weeks that aren't part of a message series per se, but they are a series of messages talking around a common theme, a common thread, and that thread is encouragement. And I just feel like at this time, lockdown number six, we just really need to be encouraged in God's word and what he says about us and not the circumstances. And I think it could be quite easy to actually ignore how we are feeling emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically. And so what I wanna do is I want us to be led by the Holy Spirit through this time so that we can, yes, be real with where we're at, but also look to the Holy Spirit to guide us and to lead us and to focus on Him and to renew our minds with what it is that he is wanting us to know at this time. My message today is called Shake It Off. Come on, turn to the person next to you and say, shake it off. My message is called Shake It Off. God, I just pray that today you anoint these words. I pray that it's a word for someone who needs to hear it. It's a word for our church, Jesus. So I just give you praise and glory. Speak to people, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Men. A few months back in June, there were some uh, storms that came through Melbourne and just wrecked all kinds of havoc and damage across Melbourne, especially in the eastern suburbs and especially up in the Dandenong Mountains. And I don't know if you remember it, but there were trees that were hundreds of years old that were knocked down. There was electricity poles that fell down at the same time. And so you had a homes that had no uh, lights, they had no power, they had no uh, ability to run their fridges and their freezers and their heaters and uh, just all kinds of bad the- uh, bad stuff dealing with the after effects that the, the uh, Australian Defence Force had to come in to support the Victorian government and uh, it was just a really bad time and our family lives in Nidri, so quite away from the Dandenong Mountains, but even where we were, we also had the storms come through our way as well. And uh, we live on the corner of a road and a street, and also uh, kind of like the street sort of um, slopes down, sorry, I was trying to find the right word, slopes down to our corner block. And so when a lot of rain comes, what happens is the whole street all the water comes down towards near our property and it actually overflows the gutters and starts to flow along the footpath. So that was happening uh, that night. And also our gutters in along the back of my house were overflowing and so had all this water pouring out uh, onto our gardens and into our uh, concrete in the backyard. And it's just amazing how nature can bring so much energy, so much fury, or to bear on one place at one time and then move on. But the after effects of what it did is there for a long time. Have you ever faced a storm in your life? Have you ever been in an occasion where it might have been a physical storm, yes, but some other type of storm as well? I don't wanna be the bearer of bad news today, but sooner or later, 
you've got to face the storm. And if you have not yet in your life, maybe you're young or you could be older. Well, that is amazing. I praise God that he's kept you safe all this time. But there is coming a day, sorry to be the bearer of bad news, where you will face storm or two or three or maybe 10 or maybe 50 storms in your life. And you know what? Don't take my word for it. If you don't believe me, like, look, Pastor Brunson, I don't believe you personally. Well, then hopefully there's a guy in the Bible that you'll believe. His name is Jesus. And he said this, John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble. Say it with me. In this world, you will have trouble. Uh, if you could turn with me to Acts chapter 27 today, it's going to be our main passage of scripture. You know, a misconception we sometimes have in the church and as Christians is this thought that, well, I gave my life to Jesus. Uh, I'm tithing. I'm reading my Bible. So why then are storms or bad things happening in my life? That's a thought that we can have. But you know, the longer that I have journeyed with Christ, the longer I've been a Christian, the longer I've tried to live my life led by the Holy Spirit, I've been aware and I've come to realize that uh, his words are so true, you will have trouble. It's life. Some of us are facing storms and trouble right now in our lives. Some of us are facing trouble and storms with our children. Some of us are facing trouble and storms in our marriages. Some of us are facing trouble and storms in our faith and starting to doubt and maybe disbelieve. And here's the thing, you can't run from the troubles of life. You can try to, you can look for an escape, but it's gonna catch you sooner or later. You can't run from the troubles of life. And I found the greatest times of growth in my life have actually been from trouble and growing through them. And if you remember what in Matthew 28, Jesus never said that we'd never, uh, that, that everything was going to be better. He just promised that he'd be with us. So if you're thinking that Jesus means everything is better, I want to let you know not always is that the case, but what Jesus has promised is not the better life, but a life with him. You know what? I wish that he had actually said this. When, when it feels like life is out of control, when you feel, when your kids are off the rocks, uh, are off the rails, when you, when the love in your marriage seems to have left, and when you doubt your faith, then all you need to do is go to this part of the Bible, and I've got my five steps to a happy life. I've got my five steps to perfect children. I've got my five steps to a sizzling marriage, my five steps to a super faith. And there's a checklist of 10 things. And if you do those things, I guarantee, money back guarantee, I'll throw in six steak knives as well, that your life is going to be okay. But he doesn't do that. What he does instead is he leaves us to discover how to handle the storms of life better. So we have to figure it out. It's a great thing though that there's stories and examples that we can read in the Bible that can encourage us along the way. So one of those stories today is a passage we're gonna look at right now. And it's a story and an illustration written by Luke, the author of Acts, talking about an event in Paul's life, the Apostle Paul. Just some context for you, Paul was has been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ 
all over the Middle East and through Europe. And the religious leaders of the time were very upset with Paul. And so they're looking for ways to uh, imprison him or even have him sentenced to death. And so Paul, to try to resolve this uh, scenario, he appeals to a higher authority. Uh, just like today, if you're in the magistrate's court, you can appeal to uh, the Supreme Court. And if you want to go higher than the Supreme Court of Victoria, you can appeal to the High Court of Australia. And I think maybe there's a federal court as well, somewhere along the lines. So Paul goes to the highest authority that he can go to. And who is that? It is Caesar, the emperor of Rome. And so our passage today starts with Paul on a ship bound for Rome. And we found him quite literally in the middle of a storm. Acts 20, 27, verse 21. I'm reading from the Message Bible today. With our appetite for both food and life long gone, Paul took his place in our midst and said, Friends, you really should have listened to me back in Crete. We could have avoided all this trouble and trial. But there's no need to dwell on that now. From now on, things are looking up. I can assure you that there will, there will not be a single drowning amongst us, although I can't say the same for the ship. The ship itself is doomed. Don't you love it when people say to you, I told you so. Man, I hear that in my house so much. I told you so, I told you so all the time over the smallest little things. And you know, that's just Gabby, let alone my children saying, I told you so. And so here's Paul and he's shooting straight. He says, I told you we shouldn't have done that. Then he continues while to verse 23. Last night, God's angel stood at my side an angel of the Lord I serve, saying to me, don't give up, Paul. The angel could have said anything to Paul. He could have come with any type of word of encouragement or any type of things to, that Paul needed to do. He could have said, tithe more, do more, learn more, be more religious, be a better Christian, you know, do all these things, pray more, send, spend more time seeking me. Instead, the angel said, don't give up up. Don't give up. That's a word right now for someone today. I feel it's a word of encouragement to me. I think it's a word of encouragement for our church. Don't give up. Verse 24, saying to me, don't give up, Paul. You're going to stand before Caesar yet, and everyone sailing with you is going to make it. So dear friends, take heart. I believe God will do exactly what he told me. But we're going to shipwreck on some islands or other. Then on the 14th night, adrift somewhere in the Adriatic Sea, at about midnight, the sailors sensed that we were approaching land. Sounding, they measured a depth of 120 feet, and shortly after that, 90 feet. Afraid that we were about to run aground, they threw out four anchors and prayed for daylight, some of the sailors tried to jump ship. An important sidebar here, if we just like sort of take a little bit of a pause here, uh, be careful of your friendships. When you're in a storm, pay attention to who's trying to get out of your ship and who's staying in it. You'll discover your true friends in storms of life. Verse 30, they let down the lifeboat, pretending that they were going to set out more anchors from the bow. 
Paul saw through their guise and told the centurion, centurion and his soldiers, if these sailors don't stay with the ship, we're all going down. So the soldiers cut the lines to the lifeboat and let it drift off. With dawn about to break, Paul called everyone together and proposed breakfast. He said, guys, it's time to have some brunch. This is the 14th day we've gone without food. None of us have felt like eating, but I urge you to eat something now. You'll need strength for the rescue ahead. You're going to come out of this without even a scratch. All the people that love to eat said, amen, Paul. But also there's something else there. What are you eating spiritually? What are you grabbing a hold of to feed your spirit and your soul? I hope you're not looking to the news. I hope you're not looking to the government. I hope you're not looking to friends, your bank account. That's not going to nourish and feed your soul. The only thing that can is God's word. Isn't it amazing that Paul is in the middle of the worst season, literally in a storm, and yet you know, he's probably going to die from this storm. He's in prison. He's bound in chains. And yet he still has the ability to speak vision and life to those around him. And I ask myself, if I ask you, I ask us church, what are you speaking around your life in this season? In lockdown number six, in maybe your kids a bit off the rails, and maybe the love seems to not be in the marriage, what are you speaking over your life, into your children, into the environments that you encounter, that you create. Maybe, just maybe, we need to stop and pause and ask the Holy Spirit to open our eyes so that we can see, so that we can have vision and life for what it is that God is able to do in our lives, no matter what the circumstances that we face. Verse 35, he broke out the bread, gave thanks to God, passed it around, and they all ate heartily, 276 of us all told. Then on to verse 42, the soldiers decided to kill the prisoners so none could escape by swimming, but the centurion determined to save Paul stopped them. He gave orders for everyone who could swim to dive in and go for it, and for the rest to grab a plank, everyone made it to shore safely. Let's recap quickly. Paul is a prisoner, bound on his way to Rome, is in a storm, a doomed ship that is going to sink. And where we might have faltered, where we might have given up, Paul looks to God to keep his vision, keeps his faith, keeps his strength, and a heap of people who otherwise might have died, 276 of them, are saved because of his faith. I want to share three simple thoughts with us today on how to handle the storms of life a little better. Write these down with me. Number one, look ahead. Come on, say it with me. Number one, look ahead. When you read this passage, Paul looks like he's two steps ahead of the game. He looks like whatever comes, he already knows what to do. He already knows how to react. And the fact of the matter is that he was. Paul was ahead of the game because he lived his life seeking and listening to God, lived his life with and for God, and he knew what this life was going to bring, so he wasn't surprised when the storms came. I have to ask myself, I have to ask us church, why are we surprised when the storms come in our lives? 
Why am I surprised when I face difficulties, when I face trials, when I feel weak, when I doubt myself, when I lose confidence, why, when I have insecurities, why am I surprised by the challenges and trials of life? Remember what Jesus said in John 16, 33, you're going to face trials, you're going to face troubles, you're going to face storms. What if the world saw Christians that would have the worst of the worst happened? Lockdown number six, they saw the best of the best come out of the Christians to speak vision, to speak life and encouragement, to bring a word to the people around us and our families and friends to say, hey, look to Jesus. He's going to carry us through what we're going through. That's why our movement 25 years ago started a social justice and disaster relief farm called Global Care. So that when disasters like storms and bushfires and floods and uh, famine come and pandemic, we're ready. That's why as a church, we give out of our legacy offering every year to this great global care. That's why we recently gave to the Red Dust Challenge to support global care, where our lead pastor, Ross Abraham, cycled some 600 kilometers in the, des in the Simpson Desert. It's a great cause. But what about closer to home? What about in here, in your mind? What about here in your heart, your emotions, your mental well-being? What about those places? How can we look ahead in these areas of our lives? I believe we have to hear the Holy Spirit. I believe we have to submit our lives to hear from the Holy Spirit to give us the heads up. And I don't know if you've ever looked at uh, the, the news or on your phone, there's an app that has the weather. On the news, there's the weather report. And the weather report, the, the uh, meteorologist uses different indicators to indicate that something is coming in the weather. Hot weather, warm weather, uh, storms, uh, rain, cold. They use it to forecast upcoming weather conditions. Did you know the Holy Spirit is a barometer for us on where life is heading. The Holy Spirit is an indicator. He is so much more than that, but he is also an indicator. can be a spiritual barometer for us to let us know what is coming ahead so that we can look ahead in our emotions, in our spirit, so that we can prepare ourselves, so that we can lean into God where we need to, so that when the storm comes, we're not battered, we're ready, ready to go. Today, tomorrow, this week, take some time aside. Pause in your day. Be silent before God. Ask the Holy Spirit, speak to me. Minister to me. Impart your wisdom into me, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me to be able to look ahead, of, of, to, look, to be able to look ahead and see issues before they arise. Number one, we need to look ahead. Number two, we need to keep going. Keep going. Keep going like any energizer bunny keeps going and going and going. Can you imagine if Paul was like you or me? Could you imagine easy to quit, quick to complain, always seeing the bad, negative nallies? You know, I would have quit as soon as those chains were on me. I'm like, all right, I'm out of here. You know, when there was no food left, I would have given up. 
I mean, I'm too used to living the Italian life. If there's no food, I'm out of here. Give it up. When the ship was wrecked, I would have bailed. But Paul kept going. He kept going. Maybe you're in a dry season at the moment. Maybe you're in a season of testing or trials, or there's a storm around your life that you didn't plan for. You didn't ask. You didn't want. You tempted to give up. I want to encourage you today. Keep going. Keep going because you never know what God is going to do. That's the amazing thing about our God. Whenever, wherever we are, there's always something God is doing in the background. Can I be honest with you today, church? Really honest. One of our values at Elevation Church is being authentic. That means to be the real you. It means to just be yourself. Don't have any fake facades. It means to be transparent and also open. And so I want to be open and transparent with you today, church. Sometimes I ask myself, Bronson, what are you doing? Sometimes I ask myself, Bronson, why are you pastoring a church? I'm being open with you today, church. I ask myself, why are you doing this? All the pressure and the stress and the problems that you have to deal with and the issues and the spiritual weight that you have to carry in. I think to myself, it'd be easier if you just quit, did something else, like life was better six years ago, Bronson, before you started pastoring. Sometimes I think that. But then I remind myself, hey, Bronson, keep going until God tells you to do something different. I remind myself, Bronson, six years ago, God said to you, you are to be a pastor. Nothing's changed. He hasn't said anything new recently. So keep going. Keep pressing in. It's not just about you. And maybe what you're facing isn't what I'm facing. Maybe what you're facing is something different, something totally different. But just like me, what you're facing isn't just about you. It's about someone else. It's about someone you're going to meet. It's about a child in your life. It's about someone who looks up to you. It's about someone in the future, someone right now. They need you to keep going through what you're going through. They need you to keep doing it is what you're doing because there's going to be a person who needs to walk through what they're going to walk through because of what you've kept going through. See, if you stop, it doesn't just affect you or your life. It affects them too. The testimony that they need to hear of your test, they're not going to hear it. It's not going to get testified. The story won't be heard and God won't be glorified. So number one, we need to look ahead. Number two, we need to keep going. And then thirdly and finally, we need to shake it off. Acts 28 verse 1. And once everyone was accounted for and we realized we had all made it, we learned that we were on the island of Malta. The natives went out of their way to be friendly to us. The day was rainy and cold and we were already soaked to the bone, but they built a huge bonfire and gathered us around it. Paul pitched in and helped. He had gathered up a bundle of sticks, but when he put it on a fire, a venomous snake roused from its stupor, stupor, anyway, roused from the heat, struck his hand and held on. Seeing the snake hanging from Paul's hand like that, 
The natives jumped to the conclusion that he was a murderer and getting his just desserts. I feel like sometimes as Christians we're like that. You know, we can be the worst, quick to judge. When something bad happens in someone's life, just like those natives, well, you know, you're going through this because you sinned, you did something wrong, you're a bad person, and now you're experiencing God's wrath. He's punishing you. You know, I always like to say this. How about we let God judge? How about we let God condemn? How about we let God bring the punishment? And we instead, operate in grace, love that person, and help them to get through what they're going through, just like Jesus did on the cross when he showed God's grace by saying, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Verse 6 of chapter 28, Paul shook off the snake into the fire, none the worse for wear. They kept expecting him to drop dead, but when it was obvious he wasn't going to, they jumped to the conclusion that he was a god. So first he's a murderer, now he's a god. You know, we can't live our lives off the praises of the people, and we also can't live our lives off the criticism of the people. We live for the audience of one, we live for the praise of one. It is God, he is our source, he is the one who directs us. So today, don't get too caught up in what people are saying about you. Don't get too caught up about what people might be saying about your family or whatever it is. Look to God. He is the only one whose whose opinion matters. Some are going to love you. Some are going to hate you. But only Jesus died for you. Verse 7. The head man in that part of the island took us into his home as his guest, drying us out and putting us up in fine style for the next three days. Five-star five star, uh, hotel here. His father was sick at the time, down with a high fever and dysentery. Paul went to the old man's room, and when he laid hands on him and prayed, the man was healed. Amazing. Word of the healing got around fast, and soon everyone on the island who was sick came and got healed. Paul's face with a, Paul's face with a decision that we face all the time. He could just sit there do nothing and die or he can shake it off and continue on and through the cross of jesus christ i want to let you know you have the authority delegated to you from the father through jesus christ to shake off something that is trying to cling on to your life from your past something's trying to cling on for too long in your present maybe something jumped out of the fire and it's held on to your life all these years, it's held onto your hand and it's hanging on. It could have been years ago, it could have been yesterday. You can shake it off. Life, bad decisions. The devil are going to throw some things at you and you have every right through Jesus Christ to say, Jesus, I don't like what happened to me. I don't like this thing that I went through, but I refuse to let this thing hang on to my life. I refuse to let it cling to me. The, the old pain stay with me. I refuse to, let, refuse to let discouragement, abuse, words spoken, events that happen cling to me in Jesus' name. I shake it off. Maybe right now where you are, you need to just take a minute and say, Jesus, 
that thing, you know what it is. I shake it off in the name of Jesus. I thank you. I shake it off in the name of Jesus. Be gone from my life. As I close today, remember what Jesus said in John 16, 33. He said, in this world you will have trouble. But that's not all that he said. He said, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. An encouraging scripture. Take heart. I have overcome the world. Church today, God bless you. God be with you. I pray that you would seek him at this time, that you would be directed by his Holy Spirit, that his peace would come around you, that his love would be so evident, that you would be aware that he is with you. We're here for you. We miss you. We're believing God's best for you. Look ahead. Keep going. Shake it off. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, today.